Okay. Hey, man, can you do me a favor, Jesse? What's that? Can you not delete this episode? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll make sure I don't do that, which Thanks. is the thing I did last time we recorded. Thanks. Oh. You might you might notice uh, we didn't put up an uh, episode last week when we were typically supposed to on schedule because uh, Jesse deleted the episode we recorded by accident. No, I think that's that's the intro right there. <laughs> hey, hey, huh? No, no, if you noticed. <laughs> hey, 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 everybody! I wasted an hour and a half of Kyle's life just for you guys. Here, this is like Jesse Backstrom Jesse. with Kyle like Mathis and Mark Park together <laughs> again. Third person. I'm interrupting. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> That's cool. Here. Mark, how have you been? Uh, all right. Uh, here in in the land of unemployment, I'm fine. I am. Um, I'm gonna do it. I'm starting a new business. That's pretty cool. Uh, I have been. Talking to manufacturers in Pakistan, I'm gonna print this, this boxing took an hand wraps. <laughs> yeah, I am printing boxing hand wraps. Um, okay, and I'm going to sell them as like girly boxing hand wraps, and and that's gonna be a new business. That fits in with the whole Park Avenue Fitness angle. Exactly, it's gonna be branded Park Avenue Fitness. They'll put my custom logo on there. They'll do a custom design of the actual wraps themselves. Um, I just ordered some samples yesterday, um, so they'll come in the mail, and if they're good, then I'll order 500 of them. They'll ship them to an Amazon warehouse where Amazon employees will pack and ship all orders, so I don't have to deal with that crap. And then it will hopefully be a, a successful brand that can later expand to like boxing gloves and focus mitts and other um, other fitness like products that's pretty cool it sounds like you got the whole supply chain worked out there yeah so plus um, the packing material is worth money because they use opium poppies <laughs> you know exactly that sounds like a good idea but i kind of want to rewind a little bit and mm-hmm. i want to touch on pakistan okay one more here time here we go no it's it's cool that's the title of the episode <laughs> kyle touches pakistan i want to touch on <laughs> pakistan so pakistan is is creating this product for you is that is that right or are you sending them to pakistan because i got lost somewhere in there um so there are there's a website called alibaba.com yeah yeah it's like the chinese is, google right it's more like the chinese amazon oh, okay. uh it's like the ch- yeah more like Chinese Amazon, a lot of manufacturers, including U.S. manufacturers, um, list themselves on there as being able to manufacture different products. Sure. So I, I went on Amazon, Alibaba.com and I found about 60 different companies that manufacture boxing wraps already, like hand wraps. Um, they're already manufacturing these hand wraps. All I want to do is put my take the product that they're already making and stamp a design on there, and throw my logo on there, and... Step three, profit. (laughs) Yeah, so then it becomes my product. Now, what about child labor? Is that... that I'm kidding. (laughs) kidding. Give the kids a job, for God's sakes, Mark. (laughs) 
<laughs> Mark Park, job creator. That's right. <laughs> no, I like the idea, Mark. And I'll uh, once you get the logo, and if you like them and everything, let me know, and I'll like get some or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So what other people online have been doing is they they say, "Well, I'm not making any sales," and then they say, "Well, how many reviews do you have?" Well, zero. Okay, we'll get five reviews, and then they'll come back a week later. Okay, I got six reviews, and it's funny because I'm uh, I'm selling like six a day, and then they get to like twenty, and they're like, "Ah, oh, I got I'm get got twenty reviews, and I'm selling like twenty a day." Weird. So, so um, yeah, I'll, I'll hit you all up to maybe you can buy one and leave a review, and that would really help. I'll, I'll have that. my wife um, leave a review. She's she's become a real gym lady. My wife. Cool. She's awesome. there right now, actually. Well, Which is why I'm able to record I, this. Yeah, I went there earlier, so I will like legitimately use them. You know what I'm saying? I won't just buy them and like throw them in a basket somewhere. I'll actually like use them, and I'm sure if they look cute, Courtney will buy them just because. Mm-hmm. Like if it's <laughs> just pink, and if, if it's just pink and it's seriously toilet paper material or, or something <laughs> like that, she will order it and it will collect somewhere in my small small apartment. But um, enough wife bashing. <laughs> No, that's no. This is wife. This is wife encouragement hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh wife god, support. I lost my train of thought already. This early in, now <laughs> ah, we're in trouble. Oh, oh, I was gonna say, I wish the review things worked like that in the Kindle world. <laughs> like nine reviews, nine book sales a day. More like nine book sales total. total. <laughs> <laughs> Every purchase is one. Mark, I wanted to say, Mark Mark was very encouraging to me, and he said, hey, man, you need to bump up the price. Oh, yeah, how did that work out? And I was like, that's such a great idea, because I do need to put value on this. Mark, I haven't sold anything since you told ah. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you sell anything? Zero sales, <laughs> Mark. Oh. No, look, See, this cool, is Mark. my sales strategy for you has always been go ahead and write the sequel. I, I know, I know, I know, I know, but everything in me says, dude, don't write the sequel because then you'll have two books and no one will be buying two books. Well, no, possibly. here's what you do for book two is you yeah. do a Kickstarter for it because you've already published a book. No, I get that. That was that was my idea. I know. Well, I Which see, probably okay. also won't work. Let's be clear about that. Well, no, no, I've been tight on time and the thing is I'm in the middle of another book and I know I've discussed that with, with you guys so like before I would even get to this sequel I'm very adamant about finishing what I'm on at the moment that's mm-hmm. good so I mean it's it's like that's there but um, but you know now what I've been doing honestly is I've been just reaching out social media and like giving out uh, PDFs and copies of the book mm-hmm. for free just say hey you know if, if you like it if you read it you know if you're out of something to read read it and if you like it, I'll ask because you leave a review on Amazon or something. I don't care about verified purchase or any of that bull crap, whatever. Just leave an honest review and share it with your friends if you like it. You know, that's what, that's what I've been doing. And then in the other time, I've been uh, hitting up literary agents and stuff, trying to get the more classic way that's going. Good. Because self-publishing sounds cool, and I'm sure you know, it worked great for uh, Fifty Shades of Grey and all that stuff, whatever. But I just don't have time for it right now, so I'm like, I will... Well, See if I can get someone to represent and have, you know, someone actually you know, has a day job of this. Actually, now that you mention it, now that you mention Fifty Shades of Grey, maybe there's something we could do to to sex the book up a little bit, you know, to turn this YA novel into an A novel. Well, I'll you know say what I'm this. Saying? I don't think anyone How do you besides feel it about besides dinosaurs, it. <laughs> about sexy billionaire dinosaurs? How do you feel about that? That's yeah. a thing. That is a subgenre on Amazon. You will sell copies. 
I watched that TV show dinosaur. on Netflix. If you want to ghostwrite it, like come up with a pseudonym and write yourself a billionaire a billionaire dinosaur sex book. Uh, a pseudonym, something like Mark Park. Yeah. Mark Park writes, banging with the dinosaurs. Banging with the three, brontosaurus. Three billion, three billion BC. Tyrannosaurus sex. It writes itself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I saw the Triceratops take her top off. It's like alliteration. I, I, I think that's actually its head. Triceratopless, I like that. There we, see, I knew I was getting somewhere. I just need you guys around when actually you know, the pen hits the paper, so to speak. I've been going to the gym. I've been playing The Witcher. Oh my God, The Witcher! One, two, speak. This is the third. Gosh, see, this is my thing. Is is you? I hear you guys talking about how productive you are. I haven't made a thing. I've just been busy playing The Witcher. Well, that's where about a lot of my time has gone, Jesse. Mark, have you? Do you know about The Witcher? I played the first one, um, but it was really glitchy. Very. Um, so it kind of turned me off, and then I did not pick it up for the second or third. Well, they've got they've definitely gotten progressively better. The second one was like a technical masterpiece, but the story was kind of a mess. Like really interesting characters and interesting world, but the actual plot was just a big complicated mess. Uh-huh. And, and I know uh, nothing of that. Yeah, and but, but the The Witcher 3 is something like because uh Witcher 3 is the first one of the games that actually seems to pick up after the books. Because as someone who read the books, because I'm a huge nerd and they're actually pretty good books, uh, the first and the second games are based on the amnesia premise. Like, oh, I have amnesia. I've forgotten everything about the history of this world. But then in, in the third one, it kind of, because he has his memory back in the third one, it kind of erases the plots of the first and the second one. It's kind of a reset. If that makes sense. So by doing the reverse amnesia, it's almost like doing an amnesia because you're starting fresh. Well, okay. I would like to put my two cents in on the Go, the Witcher yeah. the Witcher series right quick because I haven't read the books, but I played the tutorial of the first Witcher and put it down <laughs> immediately. I then got past the tutorial of the second Witcher, and I was like, okay, I, this is going to be good. And then I ran down a path and talked to one guy. Bird, 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 yeah, and I was like. <laughs> I was like, okay, I think I might cross this bridge and keep going, and then I never touched it again. So that was my experience with with the Witcher's game. Yeah, they the were Witcher- very they were pretty difficult to get into. I yeah. I got most of the way through the first one and finished the second one, but they were, oh, I, I almost it was almost out of spite. Like I finished them because I enjoy the world and I I did I do enjoy the books, but it wasn't like I wasn't super happy about it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but the the thing is that Witcher three, and I mean, we're we're in early 2015, but I'm going to go ahead and say one, I had zero expectations, which is typically a good thing. Two, it, it's it's probably going to be my game of the year because I it, it's fan it's fantastic, and that's you know, and I did not like the other two. I don't know anything about the story necessarily, but I think it's just a fantastic game. I, I haven't felt I haven't felt this good about an RPG game since. Probably the original Knights of the Old Republic. Hmm. Um, High praise. That's going back. Yeah, it is. That's that's pretty. I'm kind of doubly invested in The Witcher Three because it does have a lot stronger connection to the books. Oh yeah. Uh, Like this game specifically seems to take up after one particular book. Uh, 
where in the book this character Siri that's in the game has run away and the book ends with her in some faraway land like kind of happier because she's in a different place and then this game starts with her returning and the Witcher Geralt like to call him Jerry uh, the Witcher Jerry figuring out that she's back and trying to find her so that was that was a nice little bit of continuity for you know anyone who doesn't know much about this game it's a very open world uh, almost like Skyrim Fallout like open world but what I like yeah. about it is whereas a lot of the open world places even like G- Grand Theft Auto or Skyrim or or something like that it's a pretty empty world with like points of interest that are interesting or have something to do or ter- tell a little story yeah. but The Witcher is very much filled to the brim with things that are constantly happening. Like when you walk into a village, people aren't just standing around. People are doing things. They're talking. They're having conversations as you walk by. But not. But the conversations are actually interesting. And mm-hmm. they'll be relevant to, to story points. The first town you walk into, there's some women sitting around talking about, oh, how a long time ago some witcher wandered into town and the townsfolk prosecuted him for something and killed him. But then they found out he didn't actually do it. Well, I was like, oh, well, that's an interesting bit of flavor text to continue on. And then, you know, whatever, five hours later into the game, I'm tasked with finding that missing character's equipment. Mm -hmm. So it was, I actually had to go back and, you know, listen to those women talk about the story so that I could go and and, and find his stuff. And it was just, it never tells you to go listen to those women. I just happened to come across them. Huh. Yeah, there's definitely some moments in that game where you kind of get impressed by about how it's kind of connected like that. Because like you said, I mean, a lot of other games is kind of copy-paste with a lot of stuff um, whenever it comes to mm-hmm. conversations or NPCs or, or locations. Like Assassin's Creed like kind of like touched on that a little bit, but I don't think they went all the way like you're saying with The Witcher. And Assassin's Creed does something that a lot of open world games do, which is a very copy-paste mentality to the tasks you're supposed to do. Like you go talk to this guy, he says, follow a man, listen to him, go up to him, threaten him, get some information, go away. And you'll do that same quest, you know, mm-hmm. eight or nine times, just with different targets. Oh Whereas goodness. The Witcher is very much, almost every quest you do is super unique, has a different area you go to in the world, a different path you're supposed to follow, you know, maybe you're supposed to talk to somebody first, maybe you're supposed to, it's, it's a you know, it, they all follow a very different path. It's really interesting. That's great. Yeah, and it, it's kind of open. Like, I, uh, there are some, like, question marks on the map that are, like, kind of places of interest, but typically there will be a quest or some kind of loot involved. But for a moment for me was I was walking, uh, I was somewhere, and I was either riding or walking, and I was like, hey, there's a couple of buildings on the map. You can tell there's buildings and, like, grass and roads and water. So there's a couple of buildings. I was like, uh, I'm really close to it. I'm not really close to a fast travel. I'm just gonna go in there and, uh, you know, loot see the what's place. what. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, and I'm just thinking, like, in, you know, Skyrim or something. You're really just you're gonna find loot probably. You're not gonna really find much of anything substantial. And then suddenly, uh, I find a guy there who's like holed up in the top of this barn, and like, there's nothing that's cued me to do this. There's nothing that sent me here. There's no question mark. Nothing. And, like, it starts this long chain of quests. It was some of the most fun, like, quest line I've done so far. Because hmm. I had to kill I had to kill a lot of people, but that's probably <laughs> why. But, no, I mean, I was like, wow, that's, that's so awesome. You can just stumble across things cute. that send yeah. you on, like, a three to four hour storyline. And yeah. the story is actually interesting. It's well voice acted. Like, the conversations you have with people and the different turns they take are interesting. One thing I did was I just 
one of the first things I do is I, I when I come into a town is I go to the inn and see what they're selling because I want to buy cards. Uh, <laughs> yep. And we'll get to that in a sec. I know Kyle's into it. Uh, oh, yeah. But I walked into the inn and I started talking to this guy and I, I he's, you know, I just happened to buy a, a drink from his inventory. So my character is sitting there drinking while he's talking to the barkeep and some kind of like thugs wander into the building and they start insulting you and stuff like that. And so you have an what, option. To, you have an option to kill them or not to or just brush it off and ignore them. So I was like, well, I, you know, might as well kill him. No, I said I'm my uh, my approach to the world is I'm here to do my job. I don't really care about whether or not, you know, your war, your fight is not any of my business. I'm just here to do my job. Mm -hmm. So that's the way I'm playing the character. And so I opted out of this fight. And then part of the main primary like absolute quest you have to do is I have to go to this Baron's castle and talk to him about, you know, where he might have seen this person I'm looking for. And you roll up to the gate, and the guards guarding the gate are the same thugs that I saw in the bar earlier. And there's this little conversation with them. It goes back and forth, and then I convince them to open the gate and let me in. But then I'm like, what if I had killed those guys? Hmm. There's a lot of what-ifs in this game. And like you, I try to play it kind of like that, where I'm like, hey, I'm not looking for a fight, guys. You know, because they will run into you. Things like that will happen. But for whatever reason, I, I make I don't choose the correct thing, and I end up <laughs> having to kill everyone in the room <laughs> because like they'll be like, "What'd you say, mate?" or something like that. And I'm like, and that's hey, the thing: man. the thing you think is going to get you out of a fight, it's like you never know which way it's going to go. And I'm like, and I think I select something like, "I'm sorry, dear sir, let me buy you a drink." And then my character's like, "Oh yeah, well, fuck off! I'm going to chop your head." I'm like, "Wait, that's not what I meant." And then yeah, I have to exactly. Yeah. Like so there's a specific moment where down. where you're being kind of, you know, backhandedly complimented in kind of an insulting way by a snooty guy. And the, I re distinctly remember the conversation off, uh, the conversation choice was you could just say, ha, that's funny. And I chose that one. And then the guy just goes, fuck you. <laughs> oh, all right. That's not at all what I thought you were. Okay. <laughs> I want to say it's, unique in a lot of a lot of modern games because you are not the character is not who you make him like Geralt is Geralt. Yeah, that's true. That's very he's not, true. It's not like Skyrim where you build it like he has. He's like Liam Neeson. Like Geralt has a very specific set of skills, and you develop those skills. <laughs> I have a particular set of skills. Exactly. And he's looking for his daughter. And he's looking it's... for. He is. He is kind of looking for his daughter. That's the so. Kim, you're going to be taken. <laughs> So this is Jerry. I'm gonna find Jerry. you. You can also call me this is, this Old Man Snake. I call him Old Man Snake. You call him. I call him Jerry. Yeah, Jerry. He sounds There's like a particular pub with a particular car. That's a pretty good Liam Neeson. That's, that's yeah. Well, he does several good things. He's got Ray Romano. He's yes, got Ray Romano's good. So okay, back to the card know. thing, Kyle. Do you do you want to talk about the cards? I don't know. Well, I wanted to say, Ray, did you have thing. something to say about cards? Ray. No. I just play Uno! <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun game, Ray. But uh, before we talk about that, Jesse, I okay. did want to say one one line uh, from Brett that, because Brett has the game and, and he enjoyed it or whatever, and I was like, well, I'll pick it up. I have a lot of money. I was like, I'll go pick it up. Why not? I really took a gamble on it. But something that he said, because he had played a little more than I had, he's like, you know, kind of the beauty of the game is I really never know what to expect 
You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and I feel like in the world of games that we have, I always know what to expect. Like every game, I'm like, I know what I'm getting. And I you know, know what you're happen. aiming for in most yeah. games. Like in, sure. in the Old Republic, you're like, oh, I'm going to do the good thing because I want to yeah. get the good ending. Sure. And in The Witcher, it's like, oh, I'm going to do the good thing by helping out this guy whose wife was killed. And then like three hours later in a completely unrelated quest, you find out, oh, he's actually the guy who killed his wife and he completely fooled me. And, yeah, absolutely. And it's not the game's fault. Like that wasn't planned. That was just because he actually fooled me. Like yeah, and I got and, tricked. Know, Overall, and like another side of overall media, I feel like I know what to expect with movies, with music. I mean, like, it's just, we live in a time of like not being very surprised. So it's kind of a breath of fresh air in that way. Yeah, it's a game where you can totally do, like, think you're doing the right thing, but there is no right thing. You just do the best you can and hope it works out. It's very Game of Thrones to me, as as in, like, things don't ever really go great for me. Like, they just kind of keep getting worse and worse. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know if that's just my personality and what I select, but it's kind of like Game of Thrones in that way. And I've told Courtney, I'm like, in this game, everything goes from like bad to worse, and I end up killing a bunch of people, and I'm okay with that. I mean, that's <laughs> not my goal, yeah. But I'm cool as long as I can get some Gwent cards, I'll kill as the whole long, village. As long, <laughs> I'll kill the entire <laughs> children too. I'll kill everyone as long as, as if they have a Gwent foil, I will burn your entire family to the ground. Oh yeah, I almost stabbed a kid in the face. Well, it wouldn't let me, but I tried to over this Gwent card that he was holding. And oh, was that in Valen, the kid in Valen? Uh, I think his name was like Haddon. Haddie, yeah, that sounds something like that. Yeah, I think he beat me like twice or something. By the way, I know I'm way too into this game because I know the names of the little towns and the in the areas and stuff, which is <laughs> now I've only like, been I to never Bell get and that I, far into. I've only been to Vale, and I just got to Novigrad. Like I, I, I think Brett kind of went into Novigrad, which is the city of this one part of the map where you can go. It's like a major city on the map, and you don't have to go there at all because I haven't been there. Yeah, I've just I haven't been there either. I've just, I've just been in Vale. Yeah. And by the yeah. way, Hattie lives in the village of Midcops in Valen, by That's the way. That's right. Yes, he does. And uh, so, so <laughs> anyway, Gwent. Gwent, Kyle, tell me Gwent about Gwent. Gwent is so hard to explain, Jesse. It's absolutely was, the best part of the game. It, so I'm, I got to, well, okay, it, it's a tie with the combat, the sword fighting combat to me. No, it's way better than the combat. So okay, Gwent I, no, is, I think it's great. Like Gwent yeah, is a I, trading we, we card game. And, and talking about, yeah. The cards. Yes. So so Gwent is a trading card game that takes place within the world of The Witcher. So you have mostly shopkeepers and people like that play this game. So you can stop and play different shopkeepers and stuff and win their cards or buy cards from shopkeepers. And it is like, it's kind of like Hearthstone. It's kind of like Magic the Gathering. Uh, The mechanics are pretty great. Kyle, do you want to take a, take a, What's your well, Gwent experience, Kyle? Okay, so I'm gonna do my best here, but like I said, it's 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 you can really get in the weeds really quickly when you when you try to think about or explain Gwent, especially the mechanics. But I'll start with the basics. So in your deck, you there's four different decks in the game that you can collect, and they're based on like different parts of the game. Like there's a monsters deck, there's a Nilf uh, Empire or something deck, and then there's a something other Empire deck or something. You know, it's all based on uh, you know different factions of the world or whatever. And those aren't really uh, important necessarily. It's just that there's four different decks that you can collect all together supposedly, and there's different types of cards. Um, to describe a little bit of the mechanics, you have cards that have 
numbers, which are uh, like fighters for you. Basically. Strength, yeah. There's strength, and then you have some cards that are special cards, which uh, kind of change the flow of the game in some way. And I'll leave it at that right now. And you have to have 22 uh, strength-based cards in your hand to be able to even use that deck. And every deck has a leader card that has like a special ability. So from there, if you take that, and if you're not confused, good. Uh, try to soak that in. But from there, um, so you have a deck and you've kind of picked out the cards that you want to play. And then from there, uh, you play against one other person, in this case, a computer character or whatever. And in your deck, uh, there's a, it's a three-round game. And uh, you have your cards in your deck, which are like 20-something. And you uh, are randomly selected 10 off the top, I guess, is how Yeah, it randomly the selects the first 10. You have the option to swap two. And then basically yeah. each each person trades laying down cards, and at the end of the round you count up the strength, and whoever has the most strength wins. But there's all sorts of tactics to that. Yeah, like there's there's, there's three that. lanes, a front lane, a middle lane, and a back lane that you can lay your cards into, and each each card has to be in a specific lane, and there's special cards that can reduce or amplify the abilities of different lanes and things like yeah. that. But the basics mm-hmm. are whoever has the strongest cards wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there's three rounds, and you have to win two out of three rounds. And there's and, a lot, lot more strategy to it than it sounds. Yeah, and it, it, it's a game that is so fun, but and, damn near impossible to explain without losing the listener, I think. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. is. You so know what different I mean? cards have different like special abilities that'll amplify each other and mix each other, and it's all about mixing the special abilities to maximize your own strength. Yeah, sure. But what it comes down to is I don't have all of the Northern Realms cards, but I need them. I need them very, very badly, and I I will murder I will murder your wife, Soothsayer, unless you give me this foil ruler card for Pete's sake. Dude, I think I, I my my I've, I've gotten really obsessed with this this My card Northern game. Realms deck can beat anyone now. Dude, my Northern oh. Realms deck is pretty kicking, but I'm missing a few cards that I want. Oh, man. I, I'm already moved on to the Empire deck. And and let me just say, there's been so much satisfaction <laughs> with getting my Northern Realms deck to, to where it is. And I, I, I've put, I told you this, and I really don't think this is exaggerated. I think half of this game, the hours spent in this game, has been me playing Gwent. Easily. And, Easily. And, and I wish it were a game I, they, apart If from they the don't game. release this on iOS or Android or something, yes. they're insane. <laughs> and here's the thing, too, that I love about it. It's like, it's like, Hearthstone games can be kind of lengthy to me. Like, magic games can be kind of... Oh, Gwent's over are, in, like, five minutes. Despite the, the fact that I've time. probably spent 15 hours playing it. The Gwent game is over in maybe five to ten minutes. Yeah, it, it just and feels... Can, we can sell yeah. the, the cards on eBay... Sorry, keep going. Oh, you talk small talk here. We're not. He's no. already on the phone with Alibaba. He's setting deals. <laughs> um, no, it's just such a. I mean, it's a great. I mean, it's a shame if they don't come out with an iOS, an extra like it should have launched DLC. with the game. Yeah, Brett was even saying like, I mean, I don't know how much he's played, but he's like, I wish I could play Gwent attached to like my account. Like on my lunch break or something. Oh man, no. You know, joke. oh my god. And but I, I think I think I don't know how multiplayer would do. To be honest, I don't know how multiplayer would do. I feel like it might would kind of. There's potential it would ruin it. No, I don't way. think so. But I don't think so because because your cards are drawn randomly. It, it's just like Magic: The Gathering in the sense that you may have a super super awesome crazy very good very bad deck, but if if the top ten cards you draw are duds, yeah, then. 
Like, I've had times where I've drawn like five special cards on the first round, and I, which is cool because yeah, like I have out. a ton of special cards, but I don't have any actual like fighter cards to play. Yeah. See, no, I I do minimal special cards. I I have mostly fighters. I only have like a couple special I cards. I did learn that game. lesson. But yeah. back back to how Gwent fits into the overall world. I think the That's fact that I, everyone yes. who plays this game spends so much time playing Gwent is hilarious because you're supposed to be this, you know, <laughs> superhero, monster, action-y type guy who's off to find his daughter and potentially save the world. And you, you spend half the time playing this card game. It would be like if you were watching a season of 24. <laughs> And while Jack Bauer is interrogating a terrorist, he's just like, but seriously, but <laughs> what's what's going on, Kyle? What is that? Jack, we need you. We need <laughs> you to go over here and take care of this terrorist and save Chloe. Stop playing, Clint. Damn it, Chloe. Do you have any foil cards? <laughs> so, so yeah. yeah, no, I get it. Dirty bomb. Terrorist. Manhattan. I understand. But do you play magic? Yeah, it, it's like if Jack Bauer went to a gas station on his way to defuse a bomb. <laughs> on his way to defuse a bomb, he stops in a gas and was station like, hey, to uh, buy a pack of magic you got cards. Any, uh, I'll tell you what, let's play a few rounds of magic, and uh, you give me one of them if I beat you. And the <laughs> shopkeeper doesn't even say anything. He just stares at him with dead eyes. I'm in the mood for a game of cards. And then you just start playing cards. I'm in the mood for a game of cards. Gwent specifically. Which is what he says to everybody (laughs) when he wants to play cards. He is. Like, they don't know. Like, these these poor-ass people have other things in their pockets besides Gwent cards. (laughs) Oh, I thought you meant Chinese checkers. I can't. I'm eating rotting flesh. And for food. Like, imagine SEAL Team 6 flying in to take out (laughs) Bin Laden, but on the helicopter, they're all playing (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh. Hey, I know know we gotta go go get the terrorists or whatever, but uh, seriously... Uh, Give me your Charmeleon. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, though, we're on our way. But like, uh, do you play? Do you use green mana, red mana? What? What are you packing? Like, what? Let's talk. It would be like it would be like if Liam Neeson in Taken, because like Geralt Jerry there, he's looking for his he's looking for his pseudo daughter. It would be like if in the movie Taken, Liam Neeson would was playing Pokemon with people like on his way to to interrogate some east east russian or eastern european terrorist just stopping to be like do you have a charizard yeah. excuse me do you have a charizard i need a thunderstorm so i'm going to evolve my pikachu <laughs> excuse me do you have a thunderstorm <laughs> you do a good exactly. lead and and you know more about pokemon than i do yes uh, me too uh, i don't no, know who like, you are i don't like, know what you want I don't have any ransom, but what I do have is a very particular set of skills. And when you I've meet, and when you meet Mewtwo's furry swipes, <laughs> and Blastoise uses Hydro Pump, it will be very effective. <laughs> I could super- only get this dang magic carp no, to be super effective. I could use more than Splash. <laughs> My skills have grown from a long career. Well, I call it a career. I've won $12.35 in local tournaments. Do you have any pogs? Do you have any rare darkness cards? Pogs? Do you? <laughs> I've got a big slammer. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you have any pogs? I've lost my slammer. Kim, where is she? Taking my slammer. Where's my daughter? Do you have an X-Man slammer? 
It's like I'm, I'm imagining Liam Neeson in, in, in that movie, like in the first Taken, where he's like, he, he finds like the jack or the hat in the hooker stand or whatever. And he finds the girl wearing his like daughter's jacket and she's all coked out or something like that. And he's got his jacket and he's like, where did you find this? But instead, like, I see here's, like, hey, here's the foil hey, crinkle up. in the pocket. Hey, wake up. I want to play some cards, specifically Gwent. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're about to die. And I'm holding this. Jacket. Would you like Seriously. to play some cards? Would you? Specifically Yu Gi Oh! So here's the best joke I've heard recently. Oh right. no, it's a Mark joke. <laughs> I have an EpiPen. My friend gave it to me as he was dying. It seemed very important to him that I have it. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, uh, I don't know if this is a thing in L.A. or Nashville where you guys live, but here in Austin, at almost every single red light or stop sign or something like that, there's it's almost like the New Orleans buskers. There's some guy kind of panhandling at almost every stoplight. And I guess it's because Austin's kind of, you know, it's, it's warm all year round. It's, it's a place where those people can kind of be relatively comfortable while they, they panhandle their goods. It's not something you want to do in Minneapolis, uh, but... I was driving to a restaurant to meet my wife for dinner, and I was passing by this red light where I just saw some people on the corner there, and I thought, oh, these are guys washing windshields or selling oranges or something like that, and I saw that one of them was a little kid, and I kind of perked up and paid attention, and then right when I sort of, my mind recognized, oh, that's a child there on the corner, one of the adults standing next to him just huge left hook caught the kid right in the ear and knocked him flat on his back and then raised his hands up like he was the world's greatest champion. Did you kick his ass? What's a couple, like, what would you think is going on if you saw that driving down the street? First of all, I was like, is this a, is this like a juvenile bum fight? Is this, is this like, give me some cash and I'll beat up a child? Is it, what is going on on this corner? I would, I would first, my, I mean, I don't, I didn't really get a description of the, the man and child. The man was rather large and the child was, was quite a child. Did they look next to Ken? Because I would almost nope, imagine it would be definitely a father-son. Complete different racial profile, I would say. Ah. Now, was this white-on-black violence or black-on-white violence? or well, well, it's, it's, uh, it, it, was a large, you know it was a large black gentleman and a small Hispanic child. Okay. So it's like, what what's kind of going through your head, Mark or Kyle, if you were to, to see that? What's the first couple of things, you know, in the seconds that would come into your head? I think it's quite a conundrum. Hmm. I would, I'd, you know, I'd probably honk my honestly, horn. Honestly, I'd, I'd, probably, I'd probably call the cops. Well, I, I was getting ready to do that. I was like, I'd 
put on my brakes. I was starting to pull over because I was already in the turn lane. I was starting to pull over and be like, hey, what the hell is going on here? And then I noticed some people holding up some cardboard signs and some people with jars and stuff like that. And I realized, like, as I was picking up my car, my phone to, like, call the cops, like, oh, and the kid jumped up from the ground and was laughing. It's like, what? What? What's... I, it was a youth boxing program that was trying to raise money to support no their local gym. No, they had gloves on. I just didn't see them. Oh. Because I just, all I saw was a guy who's like three times larger than this child just punch <laughs> him square in the side of the head and then raise his hands up Jesus. like he was Rocky Balboa. Who you does man. this on a corner of a street? It's <laughs> dangerous. There's cars passing by. It's like apparently people raising money for a youth boxing league. <laughs> I was there like, are better ways not... to raise money <laughs> it, for God's sake. It definitely got people's attention. Wow. Hey, I'll say. Yeah, that's better than people standing outside, like spinning and throwing the signs around. Like, there should just be grown men just punching hitting, children. Hitting children. <laughs> come eat, cardboard come signs eat like, Little Caesar's what? Pizza. Bam. It's like just com- um, battering a child with a We Buy Gold sign. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We buy gold and jewelry. You're going to get attention at the very least. You'll get some police officers that'll come up and talk to you about your business at the very least. But you're going to get business. Oh, that's see, that's why you do a sign for a donut shop. Someone calls the cops, cops show up, you tell them about the donuts. Yeah, I'll punch this kid, but, uh, you know, you need a donut. So it was worth it. And the kid's cool. He signed off on it. Have your forms together, you know. Now, that's, that's, uh, that's crazy to me. Um. I, I probably would have called the cops if I had not noticed. Yeah. I don't know if I would have gotten out or anything. Like, if I didn't see the gloves, I didn't well, see a it crowd. Was, it was so surprising that I didn't notice the gloves at first. Yeah. No, that makes sense. You don't see that ever. I, but like, I can't that, even that was the first thing my day. mind jumped to is, oh, my ever. God, there's a homeless man beating up children for money. <laughs> <laughs> Red money. light in Austin, Why Texas. for money? What if he just enjoyed it? <laughs> what if the... Everybody, this has been Wizard Opinions. I want to thank Mark Park and Kyle Mathis for joining us. Yep. Uh, hey, you can thanks. check out Mark's business adventures. Just go ahead and Google Park Avenue Fitness. You can check out that Kyle's. Uh, you can check out Kyle's business adventures by going to Pornhub.com/slash/KyleMathis. Please, <laughs> Please God, do not do that. <laughs> I don't want that to be something that's like Google. Like you can Google easily. <laughs> And then, like, by going to penisland.net, you can see uh, Kyle's that, that personal adventures. Do. Yes, Penn Island. No, I, I really do yeah. want to thank Kyle Mathis and Mark Park for coming together because I really need to get an episode out. It's been too long. We only had one episode last month, and that's not good. No, no good. But we've at been all. going strong. It's it's officially been a year since the first uh, Wizard Opinions. Yeah. So we want to thank everyone for continuing to listen to us. We encourage you to uh, uh, keep on listening, share. Tell your friends about us. Uh, send us some email at wizardopinions.com. Uh, go to wizardopinions.com and, or, you know, uh, you know uh, wizard, how to wizard, us. Exactly. Just do it. Wizard Please Opinions. Do email. Wizard yeah. at gmail.com. Go, go to wizardopinions.com and leave a comment. We do read it, even though no one's done it yet. So. <laughs> I would love to get an email. Read we, it once a hey, week. we're above 200 listeners, though. 
We're going to wow. get more. I think I'm going to spend some Thanks, free time guys. this week boosting this thing. Yeah, I, I did the whole Wizard Operations website, and I was going to do game streaming and stuff like that. Had a lot of big plans. Didn't do any of it. Uh, 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 May kind of fell apart for me. But <laughs> we're going to keep trying to grow. So, uh, all right, everybody have uh, a good week. Uh, Kyle, Mark, I love you. Yeah. You too, man. Both of you. <laughs> Bye. Mark, I'm going to see you in July for a whole week. We just extended our trip, so we're going to be uh, in LA for a whole week. Cool. All right. Bye. Bye. Jesse, are we really done? You and I? Sit, boo boo, sit. Good dog. I mean, I think if you... magic with Jesse. (laughs) I think if you take all the good parts of this entire series of podcasts, you only get like five minutes.